Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Paige Miller. And I'm Caitlin Kretsch. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. This podcast is sponsored by Pioneer Seeds Canada. In this episode of Grain Talk, I will speak with Kevin Armstrong, Director of District 7, Waterloo, Oxford, about farmer wellness and the initiatives here at Grain Farmers of Ontario. We'll also get an update from Brendan Birdie, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario. But first, a Grain Talk news update. Health Canada's consultation on plant breeding has launched a new 60-day public comment period. Health Canada is taking a firm stand on the safety of plant breeding and providing significant improvements in the clarity for both gene editing and conventional methods. This update aligns with the changes agriculture groups have been asking for to ensure a science risk-based approach to plant breeding. Farmers are being asked to lend their voice in support of grain, oilseed, pulse, and specialty crop innovation. You can add your name to a prepared letter available at www.advancingagriculture.ca forward slash take action. Grain Farmers of Ontario and BioEnterprise, Canada's food and agri-tech engine, have joined forces to help grow strong agriculture and food businesses in Ontario. The two organizations have signed a Memorandum of Understanding to work together to advance Ontario innovation in the agri-food industry. The two organizations will collaborate on information sharing, finding innovative solutions to critical grain industry problems, and impact assessment and viability analysis of new innovations, technologies, and solutions. This partnership will also provide support to food and agri-tech startups and early-stage companies in the province through programs including Grain Farmers of Ontario's Grains Innovation Fund. It will also connect grain research to innovative companies and projects using Ontario grain, creating new opportunities for the grain industry from farm to table. Coverage for production losses due to on-farm disruptions caused by COVID-19 has been extended for the 2021 program year. An addendum to the contract of insurance provides details about this additional coverage. It is also available on agricore.com under each individual commodity page for production insurance. This year, Agricor is providing some additional time for producers to assess their individual circumstances and make informed decisions on insurance coverage. Customers have until May 31st to make the coverage decisions. Looking for great conversation and great agronomic advice? Check out the new pioneer Made to Grow podcast. Each episode, host Andrew Campbell welcomes leading agriculture experts to discuss how Canadian farmers can overcome today's challenges with the latest technology, best practices, tips, advice, and more. In the premiere episode, Andrew and his expert guests discuss how to best mitigate the risks associated with planting. With farmers being dealt a different hand by Mother Nature each year, this show focuses on the key fundamentals to follow, such as best practices for planting depth, soil temperature, and more. Jam-packed with actionable information, the Pioneer Made to Grow podcast is a must-listen for Canadian farmers who are always striving to improve their yields. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pioneer.com's forward slash made to grow, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now, here's my conversation with Kevin Armstrong. Joining me today on the podcast, we have Kevin Armstrong, Director for District 7, Waterloo and Oxford. Kevin Armstrong has been the director for District 7 uh, since 2012, So, and he currently serves as chair of the Communications Committee and the Health and Wellness Committee as well. So welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to talk to us. Yeah, thanks, Paige. It's my pleasure. 
So um, just before we jump in, I'm not sure if you've ever been on the podcast or not, or if it's been a while, but do you mind just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? I, I am a newbie on the podcast. This is my first one. So uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to do it as well. Uh, so I, uh, I live and farm about 10 minutes south of Woodstock. Uh, District 7 is Oxford and Waterloo. And uh, so my, uh, my father and I farm cash crop uh, about 800 acres uh, here just south of Woodstock. And it's a, it's a, a, it's a family farm. It's uh, my grandfather and uh, my dad uh, farmed it for most of my life. And so now uh, I'm here as well. And I've been on the farm for, oh, coming up on 20 years. Now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long time, and that's that's awesome. It's been <laughs> such an intergenerational family farm, too. Yeah, we're proud of that. That's awesome. So you currently sit on a few committees, um, but the one I wanted to talk to you about today is the Health and Wellness Committee. So in your own words, can you tell our listeners about some of the work that has been done with this committee and what its purpose is? Yeah, so uh, the Farmer Wellness Committee was uh, something that uh, we as a board thought that we started to have to deal with, uh, or we should have started to deal with um, a, a couple of years ago. I think the, uh, the, first, uh, the first committee formed in 2019, and uh, it's just an internal committee. That means there are uh, three of us uh, directors sitting around the table, as well as a staff member, uh, Sarah Plater-Finley, is there. And uh, this is now going into our third year. We just started our third year on it with, uh, had, yesterday we actually had the first uh, committee meeting of uh, 2021 with the new makeup of it, of the committee. Uh, we've got Emery Huska and Josh Borson sitting on there. Uh, our first year really kind of, uh, entailed um, getting our feet on the ground and exploring what was already out there and what we could be doing and how GFO could contribute to the the new newly awakening conversations around uh, mental health and specifically farmers' mental health around the uh, around the countryside. Uh, the second year we really started ramping things up with uh, webinars and uh, hosting or co-sponsoring uh, different workshops around the, uh, around the province. Um, those are continuing and they continue to have uh, uh, growing success, I would have to say. And here we are entering our third year in it and we've got, uh, we've got lots of ideas around the table from our meeting the other day, yesterday. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to dig in a lot further than we have in the past and, uh, and get some of those good ideas in, in action. It's, uh, of course, everything is different now with uh, COVID and the lockdowns and you can't meet in person. And uh, that certainly has an impact on, on mental health. I think it's, uh, affect, it's affecting everybody, not, um, not just farmers of course but everyone across the uh, across society's gamut and uh, so we need to try to take the opportunities to see what the specific needs are of our farmer members and uh, make sure that the we've got the resources 
set up for them to uh, to try to access as much as uh, as much as they can. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned a little bit about the um, the webinars that Farmer Wellness Committee has put on. Mm -hmm. Do you want to touch on some of the current initiatives that uh, Grain Farmers of Ontario has taken on in terms of mental health? Uh, so right now uh, we are. We have uh, partnerships with Do More Ag, and they help to put on those webinars. We have partnerships with other groups uh, around the province. Um, and I, I think we're going to be starting some uh, filming some farmer videos in conjunction with Do More Ag, talking about uh, mental health that way. Uh, there is on the website, there's a trove of information, contact information, um, a different selection of, of apps that can all be utilized uh, to, in order to uh, try to mitigate some of the mental health concerns and the stresses around the farm as well. So the, it's, it's an ongoing growing process that we are continually developing and and really trying to uh, ascertain what those needs are that are out there. At the same time, we can't be reinventing the wheel. There are services available. We need to make sure that our farmer members know where and how to access those services. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've taken a look at that those web pages that we have and um, I've had a few people actually reach out to me that the map of uh, psychiatrists and psychologists that are available that focus on farming and farm families have been super useful to them. So I think that's another great tool for uh, those who are looking for mental health supports to kind of reach out and, and use them for sure. Yeah, that's a really good thing to hear. The uh, We don't know exactly how to measure uh, what kind of impact we're having. And we have those tools up there. Uh, I mean, what do you do? You measure hits, you measure how many people have visited a web page and how much, uh, what kind of audience you get for the webinars and things. And that's one way of measuring it. But outside of that, we, you know, it, it's hard to tell how much is going on. So also that kind of feedback of, you know, this helped me out or, uh, you know, I was able to, uh, access uh, some kind of service uh, thanks to you guys uh, anything like that is is really helpful and you know it, people in general and maybe farmers in particular are not very keen on discussing their their mental health and and how they're coping with uh, all of the stressors that we have in our life um, but a little bit of feedback is is really beneficial yeah, I've I've heard good things, so that's good, and I've actually seen it on a few other sites too. Of uh, so, it, it the word is getting out there too. Why do you think mental health should be important for those who work on a farm or who are working within the agricultural industry? It's you know this is a question that uh, I do get posed a lot, and I forget when the uh, when was it? I was in Calgary a number of years ago, and uh, for for an egg event. And uh, there was a focus on there with one of the speakers at the event, all on all on mental health. And it, uh, it wasn't focused on the farm, though. It was focused in general. And 
it seems like there is uh, so much more willingness now to talk about mental health and talk about what the stresses are in in everyday life, uh, whether you are a banker or you work in a restaurant or whether you're on the farm. But uh, on a farm, we have all of the regular stresses that people have, whether it's paying their bills or marital stress or family relations, uh, things like that. And then somehow they get amplified on the farm, you know, so uh, uh, being in the field and and working those 18 hour days like we're just about to here when planting starts soon, uh, those can have very real impacts on the family when uh, especially if uh, maybe your spouse doesn't uh, doesn't work with you on the farm. Maybe they have uh, another job that they have to deal with. Maybe you have family uh, with kids and those kids suddenly, you know, they're they're they're. Uh, the person, the dad or the or the mother who's working on the farm, they have limited access to them now. And so those kinds of situations just amplify stressors that are already there. And there's uh, there's the financial stresses with um, commodity prices going up and down and um, land values going up. And so and so all of this really leaves uh, leaves some stresses that are particular to uh to farmers and and i mean that's the that's the kind of idea there that we're we're trying to stress out there uh and maybe a new focus that we're going to take the committee this year is trying to uh not only put in those uh those connections and those links for counselors to talk about mental health but maybe also encourage uh uh, marriage counseling or uh, or debt counseling or things like that because a lot of times uh, trying to fix those underlying problems the root causes can do a lot towards assuaging the the mental health anxieties around there I know that a lot of underlying issues especially one of the biggest issues I've, I've heard about finances and seem to be the number one sort of issue. And that probably puts a lot of extra stress on a relationship and then a lot of extra stress on a person. And then it just yeah. kind of snowballs yeah. after that. So yeah, completely understandable. So what is something that surprised you about mental health and the agriculture industry? One of the surprising things is you've got those, you've got those, farmers around who, who, who really do live up to that, uh, that mythological status of the farmer of putting your nose to the grindstone and, and just getting on with it and doing your work and everything like that. And that's, uh, you know, that's a, a necessary kind of attitude to have in order to get uh, everything done in such a short window that we have. Um, but I think the thing that surprises me is that despite that, you also have a, a, a large segment of the farming population who really deal with those stresses and are becoming more and more open about dealing with um, and talking about those stressors and having a conversation about it. Uh, it. It might not be a direct conversation. It might be, you know, that kind of uh, in talking about someone else, that person reveals their own stresses and anxieties about about farming 
And uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's uh, someone else's misfortune that sparks a conversation somewhere else. And even though, even though there's a, you know, there's a, a problem there with someone, someone else's misfortune, being able to talk about it and uh, kind of get things off of your chest is such an important part. And I find more and more willingness on the part of uh, my peers to be doing that. And have you seen more of like an openness in the past couple of years versus, you know, prior to when the farmer mental health uh, conversation kind of started? All of the little snippets that come out on Twitter and in in the media generally not specifically dealing with farmers but in the in the in the general media all of these things do have an impact and they do help and there is more of a willingness out there to talk about it of course you've still got people who will never open up about what they're feeling or anything like that that's fine that's up to them but uh, i i think there's much more candor around talking about the stresses that we deal with every day. I definitely on Twitter, I've seen a lot more conversations happen and it's nice to see that those conversations are happening as well. And they're candid and they're, and they're, they're honest and real. So it's great to see others kind of talking about it, but you also realize that there are folks out there that are just going to deal with it their own way and, and not ever kind of talk about it as well. It, and I mean, granted, there are lots of people out there who they're they're fine. They're they have no no issue with uh, with the anxieties or the anxieties that they deal with it in a completely different way, and and they don't need those uh, those um, those tools that we're developing in order to to help people out. But it, we have to have those tools there for the people who do need it and do want to reach out. So speaking of tools, uh, how important do you think it is? How, how important do you think mental health should be in terms of, you know, having that in your toolkit as a farmer member or just as a general person? I, I think as a, I think just as a general person, it's incredibly important to have it and to be able to talk about it. Uh, I, I think lots of times in the past, we've certainly agreed that, you know, you need some time off, you need some time away from the farm or with family or, or with friends doing something else. And it wasn't called a, a, a mental health uh, break or anything like that. It was just, you know, it, it was considered good for you to, to get out and do other things. Now it's being reframed as, uh, as a, a mental health benefit. And people are embracing that too. So, so um, touching on a little bit more of a personal time, how do you maintain your sanity when it comes to a, a tough time on the farm? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I've got, I've got a few different things that I do. Uh, I have a number of friends who are not involved in agriculture and uh, I like to talk to them as much as, uh, as much as I can. Um, it kind of takes a break away from talking about crops and how much rain we got and everything like that. Uh, so those kinds of friendships are, are important. And other than that, I, I do, I do try to take a little bit of time for myself, uh, every day. 
uh, it's kind of, it works out beneficially to me because I always wake up at least an hour, hour and a half uh, before anyone else in my house. And in that hour and a half, I can enjoy, uh, you know, reading the book that I'm reading or going through the paper or anything, anything like that. It's just kind of a calm way to start the day with a coffee and, and thinking about something besides farming. Uh, and then also I like to get out and, uh, do a little bit of exercise with my mountain bike and, uh, the trails around here are, uh, they're not too far away from me. So whenever I can, I try to get out there and, and, uh, go around the trails for a few hours. It seems like you kind of have it, you know, not figured out, but you, you, you've understanding what you need and, and how that helps and what you need to do to make sure that you're, you know, staying sane and, and not letting the stress get to you. The, f the funny thing about the mountain biking is like, I used to do it when I was much younger and uh, a few years ago, my wife uh, actually told me that she thought I really seemed uh, more stressed than I should be and I need to do more for myself. And then she suggested that I get back into mountain biking like I used to do. And uh, it's, it's one of the best things that I've done for myself. Wow, that's awesome. That's that's fantastic. Especially having a spouse that kind of realizes, hey, wait, you need to do this for you and this is this is gonna help you. So that's that's great to know that there's that fantastic support system there as well. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any suggestions for those dealing with mental health issues um on the farm? I yeah, I'm no professional or anything like that. So don't take uh don't take what I say as any kind of gospel. So I think everyone has to find their own way of of dealing with uh dealing with their anxieties around the farm. Uh, I mean, I just listed a few of the things that I do and I think that they're important elements of how how I keep uh I'm able to keep going and uh and so that's, I mean, that's the only thing I could do is give the example. The, I think the, maybe the important thing is to find somebody that you can talk to that you trust, who's not going to judge you. Um, like one of the worst things you can do when you talk to, um, when somebody is talking to you about their uh, mental health problems is start to offer suggestions and tell them what you think they should be doing and things like that. And that, that's, uh, that's the most useless, useless and, uh, and maybe even detrimental thing you can do to someone who's, who's opening up to you. Um, so, I mean, that's the real thing that I can uh, suggest is just finding someone that you can share some of the burden with who's, who's not going to, uh, in, who's not going to judge you negatively. Definitely good to have as well. Is that one extra person or two or anybody that you can kind of lean on when you need them. Yeah, exactly. What is a lesson exactly. that you've learned um, when dealing with mental health and some sort of struggle that you feel comfortable sharing? I think, um, I think maybe the underlying stigma around mental health that with all of this conversation is, is hopefully going away. Um, I think you have to, be able to get over that and be willing to reach out to either get help 
or find those few people like I was just talking about that you can uh, that you can share with. Um, but it's it's important to be able to uh, find those avenues to just be able to talk about what your uh, what your anxieties may be. And is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation today? I'm really excited about the committee and uh, and what we're going to be doing in the future. Um, I hope everyone stays tuned for that. And we're about to enter a, a very busy season here on the farm. And I wish everyone the best of luck. And uh, and don't be afraid to reach out to somebody if you if you're alone on the tractor and piling through the field um don't feel afraid to reach out to someone to uh, be able to talk for a little while awesome well thank you very much kevin for your time today i appreciate it joining me today on the podcast we have brendan burney chair of grain farmers of ontario welcome brendan how are you i'm good how are you i'm well thank you so it's been a while since we've talked, and I think it's been a bit since you've been on the podcast. So lots is kind of happening over the past couple of weeks. Um, so why don't we kind of touch on the March Classic? So how do you think the March Classic went, and what was your favorite aspect of the March Classic? I think it's it's twofold. I thought the the public facing of it and people watching it, from what I was told, it went really well, and I was able to to go back and and look at it uh, as a recording. Um, but I think for me, the biggest takeaway was just how well the team worked behind the scenes to, to make sure everything came across that well, that way, and we're able to troubleshoot and whatnot. And I got messages from people out West saying they thought it was one of the best, uh, virtual events they've ever been to. And, and I, I tend to agree. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I thought we provided, uh, a pretty world-class event and had great speakers and. I think that the membership really enjoyed it and I saw a lot of positive comments. Yeah, it was definitely one to attend, I think, for this year, especially, you know, being a virtual event and kind of having that that change and how interactive it actually was made such a difference with, I think, our viewership and, and those who attended. And we handed out some pretty awesome prizes as well. Yeah, I started to see some of the prize packs show up on Twitter and was pretty impressed. I hadn't seen them all ahead of time. And and I think the way you're saying even the interactive part was what kind of blew me away was just that that virtual uh, trade show that was there. I thought it was very cool. I wasn't sure how it was when it was being explained. And then once you see it and see people talking at tables and face-to-face and chatting and going through trying to find tractors, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was definitely awesome. I know I talked to a few people I never would have talked, at, talked to just because I was sitting there yep. in one of those networking lounges. So that was pretty awesome. Um, so moving forward, it is now April, which means some folks have some stuff in the ground or are getting stuff ready to get put in the ground. How is Plant 21 shaken up for you? I think right now it's it's early, but I think everybody's itching to to get into the fields and do some uh, some work. I mean, we had we had about three quarters of an inch of rain, I guess, over the last few days here. So it slowed things down a little bit, but I've seen like nitrogen going on and planters pulled out. I haven't seen anything planted down here, but I have seen on Twitter uh, some different uh, pieces going in, whether it was sugar beets and peas and even the odd piece of uh, corn that uh, people have put in as a bit of a trial. So it's nice when you get really nice weather this time of year and you can uh, get a little optimistic and start pulling the machinery out and, and get ready. But uh 
even today, it is still pretty early and, and the weather can change quick. Sure, I know we're supposed to be expecting a little bit of rain. And I even saw some snow in the forecast for where I am. So definitely makes I sense. saw some, <laughs> some snow photos on Twitter and that was kind of shocking for me down here in the banana belt but uh yeah, yeah. it's definitely interesting to see all of the, the different areas some have snow some just have a lot of rain and some are just dry so it's what and that's one of the one of the things i've really noticed once i became a provincial director is uh i know there were years that the entire province was planted and essex county was waterlogged and we weren't even able to do much of anything or even start and you kind of get a you kind of get a look at just how crazy the weather patterns can be across the province for everybody. Totally different. Speaking of plant 2021, uh, there are some still some precautions that some of our farmer members should still be following just in case or just because of COVID-19 and how it's still kind of active out there and kind of shaping up to for our third wave. What sort of helpful hints do you have for farmer members out there when they're dealing with dealers and, and some outside operators on the farm? Well, I guess with this state of emergency that's called now, we're, we're kind of back to where we were last year during the springtime, uh, only there's maybe not as much uncertainty because we've had to deal with it already once before. But I think it's just trying to, to work with your dealers on whatever their protocols might be for, for coming in or having mechanics come out. And then at the same time is feeling free to let GFO know if there's any issues that do present themselves on your farm because of COVID. Um, because we can't obviously know what's going on in every region, but if there is something that uh, is affecting your farm or, or your ability to farm or, um, or even your family, uh, there's coverages and whatnot for, for COVID relief. So we want to make sure that everybody's covered off as best possible. And it's a, it's a tricky time, but we just want everybody to act as safe as they can. And, and hopefully we can weather this, uh, get everything planted and, and hopefully see better times in the summer if we get the vaccinations all rolled out. I, I noticed a few uh, districts already. District 3, that some farmers are getting vaccinated too. So I think that's great to see as well. Yeah, it's there's certain regions, obviously, that are hot spots that have postal codes you can take a look at and maybe get on the list a little quicker than other areas. But I think it's important just that we, we respect the, the pandemic and, and try to do our best to stay safe because we always have limited windows in terms of planting season already so you just don't want anything in your op to affect your operation uh, negatively um, that you weren't expecting exactly well thank you brendan for taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me i appreciate it and i hope you have a fantastic day no problem and thank you and uh and yeah good luck to all of our our farmers across the province as they get ready for uh, another hopefully fruitful uh, planting season Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Kevin Armstrong, Brendan Burney, and Caitlin Crutch. If you like what you've heard here today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, a five-star review helps us to grow our audience.